Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for September 22nd, 2022. The FOMC held its September meeting this week, announcing another 75 basis point rate increase. What impact could this have on inflation and economic growth? Are more aggressive hikes on the horizon? Based on the Fed's recent actions, is the likelihood of a recession growing stronger? Nationwide's Deputy Chief Economist Brian Jordan and Senior Economist Ben Ayers reflect on the Fed's announcement and provide their perspectives on the economy. And now, here's Ben Ayers. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us again today. Today we'll be talking about rapid reaction to the September FOMC meeting. The headline was another 75 basis point increase, a third consecutive increase of that amount from the Fed, bringing the federal funds rate up to the range of 3% to 325. But there's a lot more to digest here today. I'm joined by Deputy Chief Economist Brian Jordan. Brian, let me turn it over to you. Walk us through specifically what we heard from the Fed, but also what we got with the summary of economic projections. Sure. The statement the Fed released after the meeting was almost a carbon copy of the statement that was released after the July meeting. So very much the same from a headline perspective. The Fed said that economic growth has been moderate, made reference to the war, announced, of course, the 75 basis point increase. So no real changes there in the statement, but big changes in the summary of economic projections. So the Fed is now expecting weaker economic growth than it had expected three months ago when it last produced an SEP in June. It's expecting a higher unemployment rate alongside weaker GDP growth, and it expects higher inflation. And so no surprise, the Fed is also expecting aggressive rate hikes to continue, at least for a time here. The SEP looks for the Fed funds target to end the year at 4.4% and then tick up a little bit further to 4.6% in 2023 before anticipated rate cuts start in 2024 and 2025. So no real changes from a headline perspective in terms of um, the statement, in terms of the tone of Chair Powell's commentary in his press conference but fairly decent-sized changes in the economic projections as the Fed looks forward. So, Ben, as we think about those projections, what should we take from them in terms of what to expect for the economy in 2023? We now know the Fed expects to hike rates aggressively, to continue to hike rates aggressively in the last few months of this year and a bit in early 2023 as well. What should that mean for the pace of economic growth going forward and the possibility of an outright recession? You know, that's the probably the million dollar question that everyone has, particularly given what the, the Fed has done over the past couple months. You know, I think you did a great job of walking through what's happened here, you know, particularly focusing on the economic outlook. I think both us and the Fed agree that the economy is only going to slow from here. You have these rapid rate increases, and we're, we're jacking up the cost for mortgage rates, for auto loans, for business loans, you're going to see a general slowdown in activity. And so our outlook and the Fed's would have sizably below trend growth over the rest of this year 
and certainly through 2023 as well. It's a, a lot, of, still a pretty good range around what that could mean. But you know, right now, if the the long term trend is 1.8 to 2 percent growth, I think we could see 1 percent or lower growth over the next year. The key question in there is, will that be a recession? And, and I think the answer right now is still, it depends. Um, there's plenty of scope for the Fed to not raise rates as much as they say right now. Certainly, we're already seeing some pretty strong disinflationary trends in many pockets of the economy. It hasn't quite hit some of the inflation numbers because that's always very much backward looking rather than forward looking. So there is scope that inflation does slow faster than the Fed thinks over the next three to six months. And maybe they don't move as aggressively as they think. Um, But still, I think even with the rate hikes that we pushed through already, we're certainly looking at the face of a potential recession next year. I, I would place the odds at at least 50% of a downturn starting in the second half of the year. It's not just because of the Fed, but we're also seeing economic activity across the board. We'll get an update for the index of leading economic indicators, and that's likely to show a negative. And that's been a very good number for us that, you know, it's not going to happen right away, but we're trending in that direction. So I think either way, whether it will be defined as a recession next year or in early 2024, or whether it's just a modest growth recession, we're in for an extended period of subpar growth. And Chair Powell said as much in his comments during his press conference that we would be in a period of below trend growth as they try to bring inflation down and get that back down to the levels that they want to see. Brian, I think when I looked at the comments from today, I think the word of the day was restrictive. And Chair Powell kept coming back to that term, signaling that they feel that they need to take policy you know, it's been accommodative for really much of the last two decades to more to a neutral and then into a restrictive status over the next couple of years. They talked about keeping policy restrictive for some time to keep inflation at bay. What would that really look like and, and how does that align with Fed actions in past cycles? Yeah, it's it's a great question and a great point. I think we're moving through the R's in the vocabulary here. We're going to see a lot of discussion of how resilient We have seen some of that discussion recently, how resilient pockets of the economy have been and continue to be in the face of Fed tightening. Now, Chair Powell is talking openly about restrictive policy, and then eventually the big R word recession may come to come to dominate. So Powell said today that rates are now at the lower end of a restrictive range and that the Fed wants to get to a sufficiently restrictive interest rate regime, which obviously entails more rate increases from here. I think if we look at the big picture, though, we see that the Fed isn't quite there yet. So uh, the the 75 basis point increase today took the target range to 3% to 3.25%. So the effective federal funds rate will probably settle in somewhere around 312 one three percent in the immediate aftermath of the meeting, uh, the ten-year Treasury yield was holding a little bit above three point five percent. So even after another seventy-five basis point increase, there's still a fairly healthy gap between the benchmark short-term interest rate, the overnight rate, the federal funds target that the Fed sets, and the benchmark long-term market rate, the ten-year U.S. Treasury yield. And that gap is going to be somewhere around 40 basis points right now. 
historically, we would want to see a gap of 30 basis points or less maintained for a sufficient amount of time to say that policy is truly restrictive. And the easy rule of thumb is if we see a negative spread between the benchmark overnight rate and the benchmark long-term rate, higher Fed funds versus the 10-year Treasury yield, that would constitute a restrictive policy stance. So the Fed again expects to, to hike rates another 125 basis points this year, assuming that the 10-year yield doesn't move much against that backdrop, and that's a, a, a decent-sized assumption, um, that would suggest that maybe we'll hit restrictive territory by the end of this year. But it's very telling that so far we haven't got there quite yet. So there's still some scope, to your point earlier, a very good point, that we still could avoid an outright economic downturn. It's not set in stone just yet that we have to have a recession because right now policy is still not full on restrictive. So with that in mind, as, as we look ahead to what might forestall the Fed, what might stop the Fed from pursuing this rate path, the rate path that was laid, laid out today in the summary of economic projections? What are the things we should be watching going forward, the indicators we should be watching going forward that might mean a different path than the one the Fed has laid out? You know, we won't see the Fed meet again until about mid-November. And, and from now and until then, we are going to get some very key data updates, particularly on the labor market. And I think to this point, to your R word of resilient, part of the reason why the Fed has been so comfortable with raising rates as rapidly as they have, I and mean, we have three consecutive 75 basis point rate increases, we've never seen that before. And you can't emphasize how you know, aggressive that is compared to past behavior from the Fed. But they've been able to do that because we haven't seen many cracks in the labor market. And if we continue to see solid job growth, continue to see a very low unemployment rate, that still gives them the leeway and the support to say, well, so far we are seeing things slowing down, but it's not to the point where we're seeing outright declines in job growth. Yet again, large increases in unemployment rate that would indicate that things are really cutting back across the economy and slipping into a recession. And so there's going to be a couple key updates when we get the update for for September employment and then for October employment in the early stages of November ahead of that next FOMC meeting. And we also will get another inflation print. Uh, we will get an update for the consumer price index uh, in mid-October for the September data. You know, at least to point, the those numbers look like they might be a little bit on the higher side. So yet again, probably supporting some more aggressive action from the Fed. But as we've already talked about, there are signs that inflation is waning and we are seeing reductions in commodity prices. Supply chains are healing across the board. I'm not quite back to levels that we'd like to see, but certainly making those forward progress that we want to drive those input costs and ultimately those costs for consumers down. So I think when you look ahead, there's still some key data points, although yet again, obviously, I think inflation will rule the day. And as long as we continue to see quite high inflation numbers, particularly if we continue to see upside surprises like we saw for the August CPI, um, it will, it will put a lot more pressure on the Fed to continue raising rates. And they're likely to continue to do so, at least in the near term. I think the, the bigger question is what happens when we turn the calendar to 2023? And those inflation numbers start to come down more rapidly because of the very strong numbers we're working against in the first half of 2022. Do they really maintain the, the level of 
potentially restrictive policy, or do they start to cut back as they start to see the economy seeing a big impact from these rate increases? So I, I guess I'll lead into that um, for you, Brian. You know, what do we see here? The Fed has obviously said that they they expect to even raise rates a little further next year and, and maintain those at a high level and not really see that easing until 2024. Do you really think that's going to be the case? Or, or what do you think are the odds that they might actually be easing um, by the end of next year as we see the economy start to falter? Yeah, it's, it's a good point because the, the Fed has held firm, not only in the summary of economic projections, but in a lot of the public comments in um, recent weeks and recent months, indicating that it doesn't intend or at this point doesn't foresee cutting rates in 2023, despite the markets pricing in some rate cuts in 2023. If the Fed were to stay on hold throughout next year, for example, that would be a sizable break from history. Typically, the pivot from tightening to easing is very, very quick. The Fed generally takes its time moving from easing to tightening. It tends to pivot much more rapidly from tightening to easing. So we can just simply go look back to the last cycle. The Fed began raising rates in 2015, continued to very gradually push short-term interest rates up until the end of 2018. At the end of 2018, the Fed still anticipated rate hikes in 2019. But as it happened, the Fed began cutting rates in July of 2019. There was a long lag between the 04 to 06 tightening cycle and the easing cycle that began in 2007. But in 2000, the Fed was tightening policy in the spring of 2000. And by early 2001 was cutting rates. So it, historically, it's been a lag of roughly a half a year between rate hikes and rate cuts. Given how aggressively the Fed has moved so far this year and intends to continue to move, in the final months of 2022, it's a good bet that one of those factors that typically drives the Fed to ease is going to present itself next year, either a slowdown in economic growth leading to some loosening in the labor market sufficient to spur, to spur rate cuts, or a, a major pullback in the inflation rate, which, as you mentioned, is, is already somewhat in process or simply something breaking in, in the economy or in the financial markets, an unforeseen wildcard event. Every Fed tightening cycle results in some wildcard unforeseen event, some breakage, some dislocation, some dysfunction in the financial markets, uh, the failure of Continental Illinois, the savings and loan crisis in the late 1980s, um, the Mexican peso crisis in the early to mid 1990s, the Nasdaq collapse, the housing market collapse, repo madness a few years ago. Something always breaks due to higher short-term interest rates. And it's to be expected, given how aggressively the Fed has acted here, that we could well see some event along those lines in 2023. Either that, a pullback in inflation, or some loosening in, in the labor market could spur the Fed to pivot and move in, in the other direction, especially if a recession takes hold. So we will leave it at that. Ben, thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, 
It does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.